Hi. Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, if you haven't heard, Winnipeg is getting a Western Hockey League team. We'll talk to the commissioner of the league as well as a reporter in Cranbrook. How is that small BC town handling the news that they're losing their team? Plus, not a fan of the NFL? Well, I'll tell you about some alternative choices for your television consumption on the weekend. That's all on the podcast. We will start with what is the big news story in Winnipeg today, and that is the Manitoba Western Hockey League scene getting a second team. Brandon, of course, been around forever, the Wheat Kings, but now we learn what has been out there for months, that the Kootenai Ice are coming to Winnipeg. They'll be called the Winnipeg Ice. They'll play in Oak Bluff. More on that from the president and GM of Matt Cockle in a moment. We'll start with the MJHL commissioner, Ron Robison, who joins the show now. Uh, Good evening, Ron. Thanks for joining us. How long has this relocation been in the works? This is an application that was made earlier this this year, um, in the season rather, and uh, we were... I guess when you look back on this, we've been assessing this market for a number of years, probably eight or nine years, uh, looking at the attendance levels not being where we needed to be. But uh, the application came forward to us this fall from the uh, current ownership group. Is Cranbrook one of the smaller markets in the WHL? Yes, it is. It is one of the smallest markets. Cranbrook, uh, per se, is just under 20,000, and it's comparable market size to Swift Current and other uh, centers of that nature, but um, it's one of our smallest markets in the Western Hockey League. Okay. So why didn't it work there? Well, it just requires us to get a certain level of fan support, which we couldn't get there. Initially, when the franchise was first uh, located, relocated and a new building was opening, we had attendance at acceptable levels, but it's dropped off. And probably for the last eight or nine seasons, it's uh, really struggled to get to levels that we need it to in order for it to be viable on a long-term basis. And so you're basically going from one of the smaller markets to what's going to be one of the bigger markets in the entire CHL and bringing the team to Winnipeg. Is there any concern with uh, this marketplace, or what are you excited about bringing the team to Winnipeg? Well, it's a very uh, competitive market, obviously, uh, and the Winnipeg Jets are always going to be number one in this market. But we uh, we believe that the plan that the ownership has put in front of us is a very solid one uh, combined with a new facility. Uh, we believe we can find a niche in this market that will be very successful for the Western Hockey League. Is price point a big part of that? Absolutely. The importance from our standpoint is to have a family affordable price at all times and to ensure that uh, the community has the opportunity to really embrace this team and and um, uh, we have worked through this strategy very carefully with uh, Greg Fettis and the ownership group, and uh, we're confident in his plan that uh, it will be successful in this market. And part of that, too, would be the location of where this arena is going to be compared to where the Jets and Moose play. That's right. I think that's combined with the fact that uh, this is a very integrated hockey development model that they're building, which is really uh, connected strongly to grassroots programming through the Rink Academy and minor hockey in this community, as well as, of course, right through to the Western Hockey League. So we're um, we're excited about the plan, and uh, we believe it will be successful. How has the WHL worked in cities like Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, these big markets that have NHL teams that are also home to a WHL franchises as well? 
Well, the key is ownership. Of course, in Calgary and Edmonton, we have uh, the NHL teams owning our franchises, which uh, allow us to be successful in those markets. But we, we've coexisted in Vancouver uh, with private ownership uh, very successfully now for uh, the past uh, 20 years, and, uh, and it's been uh, uh, been a very successful franchise. So we're confident that we can coexist in this market with the Jets and, and um, other uh, sports and entertainment properties, and, and we're looking forward to uh, being part of the hockey community here in Manitoba. So the initial move to Winnipeg will have the team playing at the University of Manitoba? That's correct. We'll be playing at the Wayne Fleming Arena for two seasons uh, while the facility is under construction. And uh, um, we are excited about that because of the fact, of course, uh, many of the players in the University of Manitoba are graduates of the Western Hockey League on scholarship there. And it'll uh, bring our association even closer with the uh, University of Manitoba. When it comes to relocating a team, I'm sure it's not a decision that uh, the league takes lightly. No, it, uh, this has been a very lengthy process. Uh, as I mentioned, it uh, really began in 2011 when attendance started to decline in this uh, in Cranbrook, and we were concerned uh, at that point, and uh, we've certainly made every effort to uh, give opportunities to the ownership groups to improve things, but unfortunately things just didn't uh, change significantly enough to... Uh, um, to to preserve that franchise in that market. Rumors of this move have been out since the fall, since September, and uh, I've I've heard some criticism from people in Cranbrook saying that both the league and the ownership group didn't really do much to either shoot them down, confirm or deny, and that left people kind of feeling in the lurch. Is that is that fair to criticize how the league has handled the rumors that have been out for five or six months? Well, of course, as you mentioned earlier, this is a, uh, it's a lengthy process to begin with when you're assessing uh, a franchise. Uh, this is only the second time in 20, over 20 years that the Western Hockey League has relocated a franchise. So we wanted to make sure we took our time. We worked through the due diligence. We uh, listened to what the ownership group was proposing as far as the Winnipeg market. Uh, but I guess when it really comes down to it, there's league approval process that takes some time. And, and unfortunately, that's just part of the process. And it did take a little longer than anticipated uh, to uh, to reach this point today. But in fairness to the community, we wanted to uh, to do it now before the end of the season. So they have every opportunity to try and obtain another junior hockey team for their, uh, for their center. Is that realistic for Cranbrook to get another one? Uh, not a Western Hockey League franchise at this point, but certainly other junior hockey uh, programs, uh, junior A leagues in, in Alberta and BC have expressed interest as well as a uh, junior B league. So I, uh, I believe they'll be successful in landing a new team here very soon. So the travel situation for this team is going to change a lot going from being in BC where there are a ton of teams and teams on the West coast in the States as well to now being the easternmost team <laughs> in the WHL any concerns when it comes to travel for this team? Not really. Uh, they were a perimeter team as part of the Central Division, even though they're in Province of BC. They played in the Central Division with the Alberta-based team, so there was a fair amount of travel involved there. Um, certainly, Winnipeg is a perimeter team in our East Division, and uh, we'll be moving Swift Current to the Central Division to accommodate uh, the Winnipeg team. But um, you know, I, I think when you look at it, the rivalry with the Brandon Wheat Kings is going to be terrific from the fans and from the players' standpoint. They're going to play a five and five series uh, home and away with the Wheat Kings, and uh, and then from there, of course, it's the Saskatchewan trips, which our teams are are and our players are accustomed to. Commissioner Robinson, I appreciate your time, and uh, how are you enjoying your stay in ice cold Winnipeg? 
<laughs> well, the team's appropriately named today, that's for sure. And uh, uh, we're, we're enjoying it. It's a great hockey center, Winnipeg, obviously, and we're looking forward to getting our team here next season. Right. Appreciate your time tonight. Thank you very much. We've understandably been focused on what the impact of the new WHL team in Winnipeg will be on this city. What about the hole it leaves behind in the small BC town of Cranbrook? Let's head there now with Trevor Crawley of the Cranbrook Townsman, the community's newspaper of record. Trevor, this news today that the team would be on the move, it's been in the works for a while, right? Absolutely. You know, it's it sounds like there's there's been uh, rumors and speculation Maybe not um, in regards to uh, Winnipeg, but there's been relocation rumors going back five, six, seven years or, or longer. And so to see the uh, the news finally come down today um, is it's really bittersweet. It, it's a somber day, but um, you know I'd be lying if I said this wasn't a surprise. So take us back. This team was sold to this Winnipeg ownership group in the last couple of years, right? That's correct. Uh, the sale, I believe, was um, in the off season of uh, 2017, uh, right after the uh, WHL season ended. I think was uh, the announcement uh, changing, or the intent to change ownership from the previous owner Jeff Chenoweth to this new ownership group uh, of uh, Greg Fedas and Matt Cockle. Did that kind of set the groundwork? Where there's kind of rumblings in the community, some worry perhaps that that ownership group change could mean the team would leave. Absolutely. That was uh, one of the, the first sort of a uh, grassroots reaction, uh, if you will, to the sale was that as soon as this new um, uh, sort of Winnipeg-based duo purchased a team, that was the fear that, uh, you know, they would um, pull up stakes and, and head off to a more viable market, in this particular case, to Winnipeg. So uh, right away that was the fear, uh, but... Um, I think it's important to give uh, give some credit to, to Greg and Matt. Uh, I, I think they tried. I think they tried to, um, you know, make a go of things here. They um, reached out to the community, engaged with fans, you know, got players into schools, uh, tried some different things on game nights. You know, I, I, I think they I think they put in a, a pretty honest effort to try and lure uh, uh, people to the arena and put more bums into seats. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, there's, there's a number that you have to hit um, for a, a viable financial uh, operation, and uh, obviously uh, they, they didn't quite get there. So Cranbrook's not a big city, about 20, 25,000 people. Is, that, is size really the reason it didn't work? What went wrong here with the ice in, in Cranbrook? Well, that's, that's a really good question, and... Um, you know, it's it's hard to really pinpoint one factor. This town is about uh, 20,000. It's about 25-ish if you uh, go out into sort of the surrounding region uh, around Cranbrook. And so, I think it's I think it's tough to to get uh, the required amount of of seating and numbers that you need on a, a game night by game night basis, uh, drawing from that. Um, uh, that amount of people, you know, you're basically to sell out Western Financial Place. It's about 4,000 seats here. You're basically looking at just um, you know a quarter of Cranbrook's population at the arena on game night, and I, I just I'm unsure that's feasible. But um, you know, all that being said, 
it's it's a it's a tough bittersweet day because this community is uh, very passionate. It's a very passionate hockey fan base. You know, before the uh, the WHL arrived in '98, uh, there was uh, Junior A League. Uh, there's Junior A uh, Junior A leagues. There's Junior B leagues here. Uh, there's legacies with uh, the Cranbrook Colts, with the Cranbrook uh, Royals. Uh, so, um, and then you know, digging up um, NHL alumni like Robin Scott Niedermeyer, they're from Cranbrook. You know, Brad Lukowicz is from Cranbrook. This this is a, a passionate hockey market and fan base, and that's you know really the sad thing today is that um, you know, uh, as from a from a financial standpoint. Uh, I, I guess uh, the ownership just couldn't make a go of it here. For you, someone that's lived in this community for a long time, seeing the ups and downs, you know, they win the Memorial Cup in 2002, they win the WHL in 2011, uh, and mm-hmm. it's kind of been less success since they're w- missing the playoffs the last three seasons. Is this something where the fans, the community, you know, they really love this team, or is this kind of been the lack of success the last few years has really affected the interest? Well, I, I think that's uh, a fair thing to say. You know, uh, as they say, uh, a team that, that wins will be a bigger draw, right? And uh, the Kootenai Ice have definitely struggled with their on-ice product over the last couple seasons. So I, I would say uh, it's fair to say that um, their their win-loss record probably has contributed to attendance numbers uh, sort of falling. But, again, this has been a trend going back to uh, uh, 2011 when they won their last championship that attendance since then has sort of been stagnant or, or, um, trended lower. So, um, you know, again, for there's, there's a number of reasons that you can maybe point to or, or speculate on, but losing, losing, um, bums and seats and, and dropping attendance definitely didn't help, uh, help the cause to, to stay in Cranbrook. So these next few months then, the remainder of this season, knowing that the team is leaving, how is that going to feel? It's going to be weird, <laughs> to be honest. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be weird. Um, I, I don't know how fans are going to react. You know, there's obviously there's passionate fans who, who love major junior hockey in Cranbrook. And so, you know, you'd hope that, uh, you know, fans will, will, support the players and, and, you know, have a positive atmosphere at the arena. But, uh, you know, again, I'd be lying if I said that some fans aren't, um, aren't happy and, and are pretty choked with how things have gone, considering that there's been these rumors swirling around since September and October, and neither uh, ownership or the league has really addressed them until now when they announced the relocation. Are fans upset with that fact? Well, uh, yeah, I, I think they're they're miffed that um, you know th- that the league and that ownership didn't confront these uh, speculative rumors about relocating head on, right? I, I think people wanted to know, uh, you know, black and white: is the team moving or is the team staying? And I I sympathize with the WHL and with ownership that there's a bunch of hoops that. Uh, you know, ownership has to go through if they want to relocate a franchise, a number of hoops that the league has to go through in order for a, a relocation to occur. Uh, but I, I think fans here are, are are upset that 
there wasn't a a confirmation or a denial that something was in the works. Hard to go from uh, such a small place to really one of the bigger markets in the league. We'll see how it works for Winnipeg, but certainly it'll leave a hole in uh, Cranbrook, fair to say? I think so. Um, You know, I know the league likes Cranbrook from a, a geographic standpoint, You've got uh, franchises on the uh, on the coast, both in the U.S. division and in the B.C. division, Tri-Cities, Everett, Seattle, you know, Vancouver, uh, Kamloops, Kelowna, and I think Cranbrook serves as a, a a great sort of stopping point on the way to places uh, in Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba uh, for for road trips and whatnot. So, from a geographic standpoint, I think uh, the league liked Cranbrook. But, again, it comes down to um, running a uh, viable financial operation. Trevor, I appreciate you joining me to uh, share some insight on what life is like now in uh, Cranbrook from that angle. Hey, thanks for having me. If you're looking for something to maybe watch instead or you're looking to fill your football fix a day previous, yes, ahead of Sunday Super Bowl, Beth Stern hosts the first annual Cat Bowl airing Saturday at 9 o'clock p.m. on the Hallmark Channel. The Pouncy Panthers pounce on their furry-up offense as Lulu drops back to pass. Whoa, what a throw! The only one who can catch that rocket is Panthers' fur-seaver rocket. Can he do it? And it's caught! And the velocity on that throw is literally pushing rocket into the end zone. It's a touchdown! What a play! I've never seen anything like that. As you can see on the Subaru slow motion kitten cam, that rocket is coming in for a landing. And with the Bengals in shock, the Pouncy Panthers, Pixie and Wendell, pounce in for a two-cat conversion. It's time to check out the starting lineups for game two. Up first, the mighty North Shore Bengals in the blue collars. Leading the way with a rocket arm and a big brain to boot, it's quarter cat, Cats and Wentz. At wide for Seaver, he's a little sweet, he's a little spicy, it's Pico de Gato. And on defense, the veteran who's never pasta his prime, it's Meatball. Starting for the Pouncy Panthers, the Dynamos in the purple collars, is lead rusher in the FFL, it's the speedy Todd Cat Gurley. Joining him on offense, the explosive wide first Seaver, it's Rocket. And on defense, the sweet Southern Belle that packs a wallop, it's Lulu. We are kicking off with the first ever cat ball. We're going to showcase some senior and adult cats and some special needs cats, which is so important to me and so incredible that the network is doing that this year. Adopting special needs cats has changed our lives. They are loving, they are caring, and they give you so much love. We're just showing everything, and we're also really focusing on the adoption stories, the rescue stories, up until the nurturing, until the handoff to their forever families. It's just so important that there are people like you that are willing to open your hearts and homes to an adult. The whole journey is going to be showcased this year. The animals that are here today all, all will get loving homes, and that's really what it's all about. Yes, it's the first Cat Bowl, but this year is also Kitten Bowl 6. 
also hosted by Stern. This year, Kitten Bowl 6 is bigger and better than ever. In addition to the most dynamic feline football in our history, we have the privilege of sharing amazing stories of rescue and adoption. I can see the excitement is spreading to our parking lot, which all weekend long has been hosting the Feline Football League live experience. Fans have been able to enjoy the games, rides, and of course, the food. So, of course, yes, if you've had enough of the concussions and the New England Patriots, some wonderful alternatives for you. will definitely be some possum action by some amazing cat fleets. Of course, if you're looking for something a little more rough, there's also the puppy bowl. I need to get a cat. Check out the CJOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. with Christian O'Mell and the Sports Show Podcast. Not available on iTunes, not available on Google Podcasts, not available anywhere you get your favorite podcasts. Yes. <laughs>